It's the first round of the AEW number one contenders tournament. Kingston faces Moxley. And MJF and Jericho break my rating scale. And more in this week's review of AEW Dynamite. Oh, guys. When wrestling's good, it's just good. And that's how Dynamite was this week. Like, it wasn't the best. It was not a 5 out of 5. I will give them that. But still, it's wrestling's good. Wrestling's so fun, especially when I get what I want, like Eddie Kingston versus Moxley. Um, but let's we'll save that. Right now, let's talk about the opening match, which is Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. And this was a good match. This is good for what it was. It was uh, a little short. I was also watching it at like 1.5 times speed because I was able to do that. And this was a match that I was like, it has to happen for the tournament because Hangman needs a beast. He needs a giant to slay and Wardlow fits that bill. And I love the story of this match, which is Wardlow constantly going for the F10 and Jungle Boy doing flippy shit to get out of it. And then Wardlow a lot of charisma in this match like a lot more charisma than i've seen from him in the past it was very fun it wasn't it didn't overstay its welcome like a, like a cody match would but yeah it was really really fun it was a david and goliath story four out of five pretty damn good match uh then we get a recap of kingston and moxley during which they announce an i quit match for full gear which i am fucking pumped for because it's gonna be brutal it's gonna be vicious and it fits the storyline so well because kingston's always i never tapped out i never uh, went over the top rope i never did this so now moxley is forcing him and he says it later he, I'm, he, he's forcing him to give a first verbal confirmation that he's beat him it was very good and then moxley delivers probably the best promo he's given in a while it's a very short promo but it works really well because kingston's been the one talking about moxley moxley's not really talked about kingston and this is where moxley's like no everything kingston's been saying is true but i'm not going to apologize for success i'm not going to apologize for buying my mom a house and he goes at the end of it basically says at all or at uh, full gear i either get my friend back or i kill you trying and i was like fuck yeah that's all it took for me to get invested so up next we have um probably worst segment of the night in my opinion the second of the number one contender tournament matches as sunny kiss takes on kenny omega unfortunately joey janela was exposed to someone with covid so janela was not allowed to be at the taping so sunny kiss took his place which made me very excited because I was like, fuck yeah, I get to see Sonny Kiss wrestle Kenny Omega. They'll put on a classic. And then Kenny's entrance started. And I like it, and I hate it. I like it because I love the intro. I love Justin Roberts listing the obnoxious number of accolades Kenny has. It's really, really fun. And then he has dancers come out with brooms. And I understand it's like taking the piss out of people who are like, please be the cleaner again. Bring back this gimmick. And Kenny's like, yeah, you want brooms? Here you go. Have these obnoxious dancers. And I understand like me and Blake watched it live and me and him were just approaching it staring like, I don't know if I like this or not. Because like Kenny works 
at a very subtle level of professional wrestling, which sometimes works really well, a la most Hangman Page's storylines are pretty subtle and they work well, but I don't know if it works here. I think because everybody does want that over-the-top, obnoxious villain Kenny Omega that seeing him play this weird, unclear character isn't working well, so... Kenny comes out to the ring, hits a V-trigger, one-winged angel, and wins in, like, ten seconds. Which, hey, I wanted to see Sonny Kiss fucking wrestle. I love Sonny Kiss. And, like, afterwards, Kenny's doing, like, false humility, like, the, the, you might have lost, but you did so good kind of thing before walking to the back. And, yeah worst segment of the night in my opinion like because it's the same problem i've had with the bucks which is their character isn't clear at least with the bucks they're so over the top that it makes sense but with kenny it's being so subtle that it's not reading for me at home it's not like the presentation is kind of there i would take out the dancers like i just want i don't know what it is about AEW that made the elite go you know what brought us to this dance we're not going to do it anymore. Like, the Bucks are finally somewhat getting back with the super kicks, but Kenny, who became a legend through his junior run with the cleaner gimmick through those Akata matches, decided, I'm going to hold back and I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to. And I understand he wants to tell a different story, but also, come on. <laughs> we want the cleaner. So then we get a promo from Orange Cassidy and a promo from Cody. Orange, I liked because he clearly looked upset like clearly he was like i almost won a championship last week so he looked pissed cody has a lot of bravado saying he doesn't think cassidy's going to win but he thinks it's going to be a good match he refers to himself as aew's giant killer basic stuff arn was being oddly charming which made me uncomfortable but outside of that it was a segment then we get pentagon jr versus phoenix Kingston comes out on commentary, uh, handshake, and then just some fucking flippy brutality bullshit. Penta fucking chopped the ring post and you heard it go ding. It was vicious. Penta finally brings back the arm snap, which commentary sold like champs. They were like, this is showing how much he wants to win. He's willing to break his own brother's arm. This is viciousness. And of course, uh, Phoenix playing possum, acting like his arm is broken. Uh, Phoenix gets him up. Or, I'm sorry, Penta picks up Phoenix, who immediately reverses something into a massive, big, flippy fucking destroyer. Holy shit. Really good match. Loved it. This might have been... I think this might have been my match of the night. Because this was really, really good. I, I liked this match a lot. If you just want an introduction to good Lucha Libre flippy shit, this is it. So that was good. Then we get a recap of Best Friends versus Miro and Kip, which was there to continue the storyline so when they fight at full gear it makes sense then we get a promo from the dark order with alex marvez it is silver reynolds and cabana because all of them have big matches coming up cabana against hangman and then silver and marvez in the number one contenders match to close the show it's just fucking good uh i do agree with dylan who said reynolds is kind of their weakest member but even then john silver fucking ruled he saved it at the end and then colt Colt is a amazing old school promo guy and he cut an amazing old school promo and then John Silver just went insane and it was fucking great. 
Now we get Colt versus Hangman. Uh, and I fuck it. Hangman's uh, intro card said, entered this tournament via a series of drunken voicemails. And I loved the story of this match because in the beginning, Colt was being Colt. He was wrestling circles around Hangman. He was using a lot of that uh, British wrestling roots that he has. It was very clever until Paige gets frustrated, hits a major forearm, and that's when they both turned it on. And I loved it because in the beginning, Colt was very playful he was very colt cabana near the end he was getting very vicious and it made me happy like it made sense you saw him go from silly to uh angry and it makes really good sense which is something colt does great uh end of the match hangman fakes him out goes for the buckshot lariat colt you see kind of recoils and using that distraction he hits an actual buckshot lariat one two three hangman page is moving forward to face wardlow next week and afterwards the dark order came out and i was afraid they were going to beat down colt and like uno would save him but no the dark order just helped colt to the back so i'm thinking there may be a little breakup thing a little bit of half the dark order think brody's insane half of them think he's a genius i I like where this is going like i uh, unfortunately and i know i didn't upload it on monday but i was writing my how to fix matt hardy and i really love the idea of matt hardy getting involved with the dark order basically saying like "Ah, i'm not gonna spoil it but when i release that episode listen to it So now we get a Sammy Guevara promo. It's very short. It basically is just setting up the fact that they're going to be fighting in an elite deletion match at full gear. But it's fun. I like showing this kind of darker side to Sammy Guevara. It's really, really fun. Uh, I don't know why it's called the elite deletion, by the way, because neither of them are in the elite. Uh, Then we get a promo from Team Taz. I don't know. Like, it was a good promo, because Team Taz cuts good promos, but it was basically them saying, like, Hey, Darby's not here this week, because Darby never shows up, Uh, but we'll fight you when we fight you. Uh, And then uh, also, Will Hobbs, are you joining Team Taz or not? It was just, it it was one of those, hey, we've just got to continue some shit, so here you go. I do like that this was how they explained how Darby got the title shot, because Taz was like, I went to Tony Khan and he said, you know, if Ricky Starks had beat, uh, had beat Darby a couple of weeks ago, he would have gotten the title shot. And I went, oh, so that's how Tony decides things. And now, fuck. The segment that broke my rating scale. And here's the thing. I know I'm supposed to not only review the show, but also recap the show. But I feel I would be doing a disservice to each and every single one of you if I said anything about this segment. Because it was so fucking insane. I loved it. It made me cry. It was so... It got a 10 out of 5. It it, it fucking ripped. It was so good. And that is Le Dinner Debonair between MJF and Chris Jericho. Just go watch it. Look it up. Someone's probably put it on YouTube by now. Just go watch it right now. Don't, Don't spoil it for yourself. I've learned spoiling things makes your enjoyment lessened, which, by the way, I'm excited. I've heard good things about NXT tomorrow, but I'm not spoiling it, despite how many people have told me, you need to check this out. So I'm very, like tentative about looking this shit up especially because i think i have to oh fuck i do have to do my research for fight boys in the morning before i watch it anyways just 
Don't spoil it. Look up Le Dinner Debonair. Watch the whole thing. I've watched it three times since tonight. Like, AEW went off the air two hours ago, and I've already watched it, like, three times since. It's so good. It's phenomenal. Up next, Britt Baker versus Kylan King. This happened. Like, sometimes, usually, like, the matches that follow good shit, I kind of... Are a little bit kinder to. Not in this case, just because uh, I I wouldn't have mind if she faced somebody like um like Serena, like somebody who's really proved herself. But Kylan, I think, is still a little bit rusty. Kylan's still a little bit uh, finding her footing in the ring. And really, this match was nothing more than a showcase of Brit's uh, offense, which I kind of liked because you know th- squashes are good if you want to put over someone who's bad in the ring. But you, for someone like Britt, who's actually pretty fucking good in the ring, you need a match like this to showcase all of the violent maneuvers that they know. And that's what this was. It was a bunch of toothpaste violence is what it was. And it happened. On to the next match. Actually, I forgot about this, but Darby Allen did... Darby Allen single-handedly revived Jackass, and it made me so happy. Like... I did, it was a very short segment, but Darby Allen was hanging out with Steve-O, and then Darby Allen got to do the fucking jackass. My name is Darby Allen, and this is the fucking body bag shoulder slide, or whatever it was called, as he puts himself in a body bag and flings himself off of a skate ramp. Fuck. It, it popped me so hard, because it's, as it started, I went like, oh great, Darby's doing jackass now. And I love when wrestling here's what I'm saying, and says, you know what, I'm gonna double down on it. And that's exactly what happened. They just doubled down on that. So that was great. And now we move on to the main event, which was the Fatal 4-Way for the tag titles. I honestly would have put this in the middle of the show and separated the, um, separated the singles matches because it felt really condensed. Like, by the end of the first hour, we knew all of the next round of the tournament. I would have spread it out and put this in the middle because this kind of didn't really deserve to main event. FTR are on commentary, and really the story of this match is, A, it's the first Bucks match we've seen in a very long time. I think since All Out is the last time I've seen the Bucks wrestle. It, they might have wrestled since then, and I just haven't seen, but the story of this match is um, a little bit of heel Bucks coming out because... Every other team is doing great, and then suddenly the Bucks would come in, break it up, and then, I love it, came back to bite them, by the way, because near the end, everyone else was breaking up their pins, which made me go, ah, so they won't win. They do win, spoiler alert, but I just really hate this fatal four-way concept, like a fatal four-way tag team match, because in a normal fatal four-way all four members, all four people are allowed in the ring at the same time, but in a Fatal 4-Way tag team match, you only get two, but then it still breaks down. You still get a lot of chaotic moments, like when Sammy Guevara came out and assaulted Matt Hardy, which happened during a commercial break, but I will say it was weird, because after it, it cut to the ring, because I guess Sammy and Matt went too far away to film, it cut back to the ring, and everyone's just watching. No one's wrestling anymore. It took John Silver to be like, fucking let's go, and get in and wrestle. And then Silver went hard. Silver went hard in the paint. He insecurity a guy straight in the dick. It was so good. Uh, him and Reynolds did some phenomenal maneuvers, and then the Bucks kept coming in and pulling bullshit. The Bucks barely got any wrestling in until the very end, in the very beginning, which I thought was nice. I really did enjoy that. Like, save them until the end. 
So end of the match, uh, Private Party are coming back, and basically it's the way they defeated the Bucks last year in the tag team tournament. It is the sneak roll-up off of the Indy Taker, and this is what I, one of the few things I liked about this match, because it was a little bit rough. It did feel a lot of spot-festy at points. The only real psychology was coming from the Bucks, but uh, I loved the ending because the Bucks were almost about to get defeated the same way they did last year, but you know the Bucks have been tortured by that loss. They know what they would have done if they were in that situation, and they did exactly that, which was just turn the roll-up back around on Private Party. They do that. Bucks are winning. And now we are getting Bucks versus FTR at full gear. Or are we? Because post-match, FTR come down, share some beers, and then a mysterious man comes in and assaults the Bucks. And this is the moment where I said, oh, this would be good in the main event if this is where they finally align with Sean. Or finally align with somebody. But nope, it was just Tully Blanchard. They hit the spike pile driver on Nick, and then they do the... They did this a lot in WWE, too, which was weird, but they do the leg snap spot, where they just sandwich your leg in a chair and then stomp on it off the second rope. So they do that to Matt. So, number one, I hated this because we have seen a more vicious, ferocious Bucks over the past few weeks, and I barely got that at all in this match. Their heelish shit was more cowardly heel stuff, and then by the end, they just felt like baby faces again. And I'm like, okay, it's weird. Because, like, with Kenny, I understand I'm being hypocritical, which is with Kenny doing this slow burn storyline, I'm mad. But with the Bucks doing it, I'm like, no, you need to keep doing that and not just be the thing that I like. But yeah, no, it just, it felt really weird and really sudden just to make them baby faces. But I think I, I understand where they're coming from, because uh, if I was the one booking, I would say next week, Matt can't wrestle. So then Nick either finds a new tag team partner or Nick faces them in a handicap match for the tag titles. So we're still extending the Bucks versus FTR thing, but we're getting closer and closer and closer each time. So the first time they were in a number one contenders match, but they lost due to Hangman. This time they won the number one contenders match, but due to an injury, they can't wrestle the match. And it just keeps getting closer. It is edging. They are edging us to this match, which I like. I understand. It should be really, really fun. Um, As far as my overall review of the show, I say it was mostly elite. It was a pretty damn good show. I will say the fucking MJF and Jericho's segment skewed me quite a bit but like i said it was quite like after having what was a segment of the year contender last year they're having another one or last week they have another one this week this might mjf's gonna go down as probably my entertainer of the year not wrestler of the year because his in-ring work is all right but like as far as just like entertainer like favorite guy to see in a ring this year it's gotta be MJF from that amazing Moxley feud to now what he's doing with Jericho. The dude can work and do entertaining shit. So yeah, it was a mostly elite show. The Kenny and the tag match kind of held it back from being really, really good. But outside of that, 
It was really, I, I liked it. And that's, what did you think, though? Let me know on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And of course, remember to support us on Patreon if you would like to get access to our Discord and watch live alongside us, ladies and gentlemen. And join me tomorrow for my review of NXT, which I'm very fucking excited for. But until then, remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life. This is what I